1: This show is brought to you by Miami Grill. For over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities. Featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive-thru, dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay use the promo code FIVE that's F-I-V-E FIVE and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 but first sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today
0: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Now here's your hosts Chris Alf and Simon.
1: And we're on. Welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Tiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here because he has no voice. Now, I don't know why that is. We can guess, but he has no voice. He'll be back next week. Simon, how are you?
0: Very well. How are you?
1: Great. As always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use the code 5HOURESEND to get 20% off your entire order. And, of course, join our Patreon, which is only OnlyFins, O-N-L-Y-F-I-N-S, $3 a month. You get all kinds of inside goodies. All right, this is part one of our training camp preview. And if, if you're on Twitter and you're watching what's going on the last few days, you know, we are, I guess sputtering is the, the good word, right? We're sputtering toward the finish line. Like, people have run out of things to talk about, Simon. Because uh, this morning has all been about a revisionist history about the last draft and a cryptic Instagram post by Xavier Howard. Are, are you as ready as I am for actual football to start in about 13 days' time?
0: Yeah, I mean, I paid absolutely no attention to any of the stuff Good that's you. been happening because it's boring and people have just got to have something to talk about so frankly uh, you know as somebody said uh um Simon says I don't care as well as anybody so you know with that in mind I, I genuinely don't give a shit
1: that's what I should do but we get a lot of questions and I get uh I guess people know that they can wind me up with all this stuff you know? you're like a you're like a an alarm
0: clock okay.
1: exactly they wind me up, and I just go. I just I, I just play, you know? But, all right, let's, let's get into – let's do, I guess, the offensive side of the ball, and I guess we'll talk defense next week because I think defense is where the camp battles all reside because I think there's going to be some surprises. But let's start on offense. There's nothing to talk about with the quarterbacks except that Tua should be getting about three-quarters of the reps in camp. And we've already said a bunch of times we don't think they'll keep three. But moving on to the running backs – Man, Miles Gaskin has the best PR agent. While all the guys, including our quarterback, doesn't have the greatest PR nationwide, Miles Gaskin is now showing up on rankings for fantasy football players as a guy that you should pick up. And Dolphin fans seem to forget, you know, the whole run up to the to to the draft where everybody wanted a running back in the first round, and if not in the first round, they wanted one at the top of the second round. So. Are they going to get something else or are we just good with this with Miles Gaskin?
0: I I think the point is that when you say everybody wanted um, a running back, the only people that actually mattered were the Miami Dolphins and they made it patently clear. They didn't want a running back and they've made that patently clear for two years running. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about how the people on the inside who work with this guy every single day feel about him. If people on social media and fans and, you know, radio hosts and sports talk people think differently, then So be it. But the fact of the matter is that for back-to-back drafts, the Dolphins have decided not to invest a pick, despite having what five last year, three this year, eight targeted running backs that they could have taken, and they didn't. And and that's just a fact. So, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with Mars Gaskin at all. I think he's a good player. Um, You know, in terms of your fantasy, I don't play fantasy, but he catches the ball, he runs, he's a he's a good running back. He can run inside and outside. Yeah, he ran for more than four yards per carry last year. had 500-plus yards. You know, he had 41 catches. I don't know what else people want, you know. The game is not predicated these days around a 230-pound banger. That's just not the way... You know, Derek Henry is is now an anomaly. If Derek Henry was playing the game... 30 years ago when we had your Eric Dickerson's and your Barry Sanders's and, you know, guys like that. You know, I remember the Dolphins drafted Sammy Smith and, you know, yeah. people like that. And actually, if you go back to that era, Mark Higgs, who was a running backer, Mark Higgs is, is essentially Miles Gaskin, but the Sammy Smiths yep. have really just become a little bit more redundant. Or if they're not redundant, they've certainly um, progressed uh, to the point, you know, where they can, can do everything. But I just think that this is what the Dolphins want. They want a kind of a they're happy with a running back by committee and let's go back to new England. And I know that, you know, comparisons aren't always on the money, but new England have summarily failed to, for a reason that they clearly didn't want to do to land on a running back to, to, to help Tom Brady. It has always been a running back by committee and each and every year and almost to the point, each and every game. I mean, there was, there was a time four or five years ago where each and every game they had a different starting running back. So that to me is just what they're doing. That I think they're completely comfortable with what they've got. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But I think Miles Gaskin is underutilised by the fans in terms of their expectations for him. He's a good player. He makes yards. He, he you know, he runs through the tackles. He runs hard. He catches the ball. He's a... Uh, He's a decent player. And I think, you know, if he'd have been picked in the second round instead of the seventh round, people Mm -hmm. would be much much higher on him than they were, but they're not. But it goes back to the point I just made. Ultimately, the Dolphins had eight opportunities to take players that everybody talked about whether that's Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, Javonta Williams, you know, and they didn't, and they could easily have done it. They could have moved picks around. They got picks next year. They got picks the year after, extra picks. They didn't. And that tells you all you need to know about that running back room.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's a very strong possibility that our evaluation may be wrong because they see something that we don't. Right, I,
0: well, when you say we, what do you mean by we? Because I, I think he's a good player.
1: I mean, Well, I think all of us, I think all of us, I think all three of us on this podcast were pretty hot after Najee Harris.
0: Of course, of course. But clearly, you know, clearly that wasn't an option for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So whilst, I mean, I'm really high on, you know, Christian McCaffrey or Josh Jack, but, it, you know, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, would you take in Najee Harris? Yes, but the Dolphins had the opportunity to take Najee Harris, and they didn't. So that mm-hmm. tells you, I mean, that, that's it. There is nothing else to
1: say. And have plenty of other opportunities to attempt to replace them, and they didn't. They actually got a complimentary back in Malcolm Brown for this offseason. So it seems that they were, they were showing their cards very, very early on. We we're You know, all of us just didn't pay attention. Yeah, you know,
0: you know, Brown's a banger though. I mean, he's a bigger yeah. guy, you know. I mean, he's always been a bigger guy.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's the compliment to to Gaskins, what looks like a two down, two down guy for this season.
0: I mean, he's big as well. I mean, he's what's 5'11, 26. He's a big guy. I, I liked him at the Rams. I thought he was a really good player. And I think, you know, this is the kind of guy they wanted with Jordan Howard and couldn't get. You know, he will play you know, he'll be short yardage, but I think he'll play a number of series where he, he'll look like the starter. Then you'll, you know, you might see a bit of Salvan Ahmed, then you'll, you know, Gaskin will come back. I think the whole idea is to keep defenses on their toes. Are they going to get the, the, the you know, the flighty quick guys who can, you know, bust it up the gut and pick up five, six, seven yards, at, you know, because they're, they're like lightning. Are you going to get the guy that's going to weigh you down in the fourth quarter? Yes, you are for, uh, Oh God, here's, you know, Ahmed out the backfield for a 26 yard catch or whatever bang, here comes, you know, back in comes Brown. He's going to smash you in the mouth for three downs. It's, you know, it's that kind of thing. I, I just think that's the way the Dolphins want to do it.
1: Yeah. As far as the rest of the group, do you foresee any anything interesting as far as a, a battle here of who sticks and who doesn't? Because I think the only thing that we can see is at the end of that room, does Jared Dokes get cut and brought back on the practice squad? That's yeah, the thought- only thing. I think yeah, dokes is see.
0: the interesting is the interesting character. It depends how many backs they keep it depends uh, you know clearly depends what dokes unless dokes absolutely tears it up in training camp and you' are like you know this kid could be you know one or one a in terms of the running backs he's going to have to prove himself on on uh, on special teams you know and and don't forget you're going up against a Patrick Laird who's played three seasons as a you know solid special teams player plus a you know a decent option out in the backfield and a you know fairly decent option and you give him one or two carries. That's the question for me, you know, but again, the Dolphins were happy to just essentially give draft picks away in the back end of the, the draft. They weren't, you know, they were trading down, they were trading out, they were trying you know, they could have traded out again, but they actually took Dokes, So they must've liked him. Do you know what I mean? The, the, there was a reason they took Dokes. Um, so uh, to me, he's one of the most intriguing players going into training camp, actually, you know, the wide receiver battle will be extremely important, but you know, what can Jared Dokes do? What is he going to be? Um, I'm gonna be very intrigued because he's in a battle with, with Laird, he's in a battle with Jordan Scarlett. but realistically he could be the he could be the backup to Malcolm Brown. You know, you could have um Arped and, and Gaskin and Brown and, and Doges, but it just depends on how much special teams he can play and how quickly he can grasp it.
1: Yeah, the one that I really find interesting in that whole group is Savan Achman because he actually has really good games to point to mm. from last year. And I guess I guess he's playing this preseason. And remember, we have three preseason games, so there's carries to be had. I guess he's playing to actually maybe even possibly get traded if if you know it's such a log jam, because if you look at that, you know, you're talking about five guys going for what should be four spots because they're gonna want to keep tight ends and wide receivers.
0: I don't know who's trading for Ahmed though. Do you know what I mean? It's hmm. you know, what are you giving up for him? A seven, a conditional seventh rounder, maybe.
1: Yeah, something like that. Cause you know, I mean, he, he did have two 100 yard games last year, you know. Uh people tend to remember that. They take they tend to take a flyer. We did on that running back from uh Kansas City. Uh I keep forgetting from the Raiders. Forget his name.
0: Oh yeah, I know. Um DLD D- yeah, he means.
1: Yeah, we sent a sixth round pick for him. Why? Because he ran for for a couple of hundred yard games the previous year. So whoever's had some good tape recently is gonna get an extra look. So, I don't know. Uh, Maybe Ahmed can challenge Gaskin for some some carries. They're going to want to keep him fresh. And evidence was last year that these guys didn't actually stay healthy all year, although Gaskin did miss a game because of COVID. He also missed one because he got injured. So, you know, a deep running back room and I guess a guy for every single – for every single personnel grouping that they're going to want to use is, is I guess what they're going to do is it's we're back to being what New England does with their running back room. So
0: I mean, Dokes had a high I can't there isn't a number, but he had a high special teams count at, at Cincinnati mm. in terms of he you know he played on punt and, and not just returns, he played on coverage units. So you know, and actually just looking here at a Chris Greer quote, you know, part of the reason we like him is because he plays special teams. You know, so I mean, he's gonna. He's going to – um. there's a reason they there's a reason they went after him.
1: Uh, yeah, he's going to get a long look. So we shall see. Yeah. All right, moving off of the running backs, I don't think I'm going to spend too much time on this uh, as far as the fullbacks, but Carl Tucker's a hell of a football player. But Stephen Carter's uh, contract situation kind of dictates he's going to be the fullback, right? Like, Carl Tucker's up against it to make him the team.
0: Yeah, I mean – uh, to me, Tucker's kind of you know, he's not going to make the team, especially in, when you look at the you, you know how, how they fudge fullback, H back, tight end. You
1: know, there's uh mm-hmm. they have too many of them already. So yeah, yeah. All right, moving off. Uh, let's let's do tight ends for a second. Is there a distinct possibility, since they have to pay him at the end of the year, that Durham Smythe or Smith is in real danger of getting cut?
0: Um, I mean, who's his competition to be cut? I mean, uh, to me, he's a better player than Adam Shaheen. Mm. Um, he's a better player than Chris Myrick. Um, he's a better player than Jibbry Blount uh or Blunt even. Um, so it comes down to see. Uh, I don't think Seething Carter's contract makes him untouchable. You know, if they cut him, they take a two point seven million cap hit. I mean, mm. that's nothing. Let's be let's be realistic. You know.
1: Yeah, although I'm I'm Durham Smythe, it's I'm kind of certain he won't be on this team in 2022 because why would they want to play pay a uh, tight end three maybe at that point three million dollars a year? Yeah,
0: well I suppose it depends on what happens with Hunter Long, though, doesn't it? I mean, if Hunter Long mm-hmm. doesn't show anything in in year one, then you're left with the decision. But I suspect Smythe won't be on the on the team. But you know, I mean, he's a six hundred and thirty-eight thousand. What was the cap hit? See, the cap hit for Darren Smythe is is bigger than it is for Seethan Carter. Mm. So I think you've got to probably bear that in mind. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of who's going to if somebody gets whacked. So
1: yeah, looking yeah. at this group, uh, five guys can make it, and actually, know. it's
0: not. It's it, it, so it's pretty much the same. It's two point seven million for Carter and two point three four million for. So it's you know that that is a direct battle between the two of them. Um, you know, that's competition to back up Long and, um, and Gasicki. And, you know, realistically, you've got to think that the, the Hunter Long draft pick is a, not a question about Mike Gasicki, but, or an indictment of Mike Gasicki, because he's a, clearly a very good player. It's a, it's a, they've put themselves in a situation where if they lose Mike Gasicki, Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if Long plays well, they feel comfortable about letting him go. I think that's the issue. Um, I don't particularly think that Mike Siki will go. You just, you know, when you've got a young franchise quarterback, you don't want to give away a top seven tight end in the NFL. It just makes no sense to me whatsoever, especially a, a quarterback who likes, you know, that middle of the field where tight ends play. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think the season card of Durham Smythe is about, you know, Shaheen is a battle as well i think they'll keep two of those three i don't think blunt makes it and Hunt, along almost by default has to make it unless he's absolutely terrible and gasecki he will definitely make it
1: unless he now, gets traded
0: he might get traded
1: yeah well we talked about that we talked about it in in uh i think a, a couple of podcasts ago we talked about how mike gasecki has that look of the guy that could get traded you know right at the deadline If they got something for him, because if they let him walk, they're going to get something for him anyway. They're going to get a third round pick for him, at least. Yeah, yeah. So, now what do you make of of the people that say, well, you know, now that this team is more of an 11 personnel team, and make no mistake, they are an 11 personnel team, that you kind of want an inline tight end and that Mike Gusecki is not it for that. Um, Do you agree with it? Because I kind of don't. No, I don't. I
0: mean it it, it, um, it becomes very easy to not Mike Gasicki much as people you know it becomes a narrative that people just chew on because like actually how many of the Dolphins fans who are saying that Mike Gasicki can't block how many of them actually sit and study Mike Gasicki blocking it's like Carl Pitts the whole narrative yes. is Carl Pitts can't block well actually it turns out Carl Pitts is a really really good blocker and then we went and proved it on social media with loads of clips of him blocking um, mm, and it's just yeah. like uh, he, he he's really good here he is blocking you know, De Marvin Lee, or he'll probably be a first rounder next year. Here he is with the kid from Georgia, he's 294 pounds, and he's standing him up and moving him out of the way so that Zamir White can run behind him. So, you know, I'm not saying that Mike Gesicki is, um, is uh, George Kittle, but he's also not, you know, he's not plastic, man. He gets pushed over at the point, of the, the point of attack. I, I, I think, look, and I also look, I don't think the Dolphins are, are 11 personnel necessarily in terms of the, the, they line up in all sorts of different ways, you know. Why would they limit themselves to eleven personnel when they've just draft spent the sixth overall pick on a weapon that doesn't fit any personnel grouping? Really, mm. are you gonna you know are you gonna confine Jalen Waddle to eleven personnel? That just makes no sense whatsoever. No sense whatsoever. You know are you gonna confine Mike Kasiki to being an inline tight end when you know full well that he's a you know one of the best vertical threat tight ends in the NFL? Of course you're not. I, I just that that to me just makes you know that to me makes no sense. You yeah, know, I, I think was... I
1: think people are going to be a little bit more surprised uh, once preseason starts, because I asked this question on the, on the three yards per carry Twitter account. I put out a, you know, uh, a poll of what people expect from the offense. And most people expected some type of conservative or ball control type offense. And I think what they're building is pointing completely away from something like that. Yeah, I think, I they're think they're be absolutely... a little bit more aggressive.
0: I think you'll see 22 personnel with with Jalen Waddle as the second running back. I think Absolutely. you'll see all sorts of things. You know, and when we say 22 personnel, what we mean is, you know, um, it's two tight ends, one receiver and two running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I just think that trying to limit like uh, I think at times we'll play a lot of ten personnel and w- so ten personnel four receivers one running back no tight end but I think that that fourth receiver will be Gesicki. Do you know what I mean? I just think mm. you know that's what you'll see a bit of that mixed in. You'll see also you know you look at the Cardinals how they play ten personnel. Um, you know the Seahawks played it most. I think the Seahawks played it most last year. I'm sure I read that. I think you'll see a lot of twenty personnel. Which is three receivers, no tight end, two running backs, but you might have a tight end lineup up in the backfield. You might have water lined up in the backfield. One of the three receivers might be a tight end. I, I just think the whole idea is to be creative, to get different people on the field, to get different alignments, to get, you know, just to confuse the defense. If you're just gonna line up in, you know, if you're gonna line up in eleven personnel on every snap, then, you know, fucking hell, good luck. Because you're not gonna win a lot of games. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I don't know how you had that much success last year at, in Y ISO, and then all of a sudden it's not going to show up this year. Yeah, you know, which is essentially to explain it to our listeners, it's the tight end lined up opposite of where your wide receivers are lined up. So essentially, he's lined up as like an X receiver or Y receiver, yeah. okay? And you have your your other receivers on the other side of the field. So you're es- essentially isolating your Y tight end, which is Mike Asaki. And usually, what that does is that it forces teams to start to try to match up man to man, even with a with a safety. And if they do that, that means that they're taking help away from their other guys. And when you have people like Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, that's the reason that lining up, you know, with Mike Gesicki and Y Iso is probably something you're gonna see a lot of this year, especially yeah. if he's gonna take a safety with him. So yeah, uh, I don't see. I don't see them changing that too much. Now on the offensive line, I think that we might have gotten it wrong, Simon, because we keep penciling in Liam Eikenberg as the starting right tackle and we kind of know already that Robert Hunt will be moved to right guard. You know, I don't think they're going to spend an entire offseason talking about it and then not do it. Which stands to reason that Jesse Davis probably lines up at right tackle because the word is that Solomon Kinley has not we're not going to elaborate too much on it, but he hasn't solidified his position at left guard. So is it possible that we've got this one wrong? Liam yeah, Eichenberg could be the left guard.
0: Well, he You know, he can absolutely play guard. Um, I'd be surprised. I've got to say, I think he's such a good, t- you know, you're essentially moving a three year starter and a high level, three year starter, who is a left tackle to play him at guard. When you've got a hole at right tackle, now, Jesse Davis is fine. Jesse Davis is fine, but you know, Come on, you know, you, Jesse Davis, like really? You know, Solomon Kindley may have put on a bit of weight or not met his, you know, his, his weight guidelines through the summer, but he was also probably our best player. You know, he certainly had some massive moments. I think it's really odd that, I, I just don't know why you wouldn't move Kindley back to his natural position, which is left guard. You know, he was a left guard next to Andrew Thomas at Georgia for, for two seasons. And he was absolutely killing people. I just don't understand it. And you go back and look at the Jacksonville game and, you know, the Raiders game and, uh, you know, Kinley's out there mashing people. So uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's an open competition. I I don't think you can just say going into training camp with Jesse, you know, you might have an idea of how you think it's going to play out. What if Liam Eikenberg comes in and just is absolutely like a dancing bear and just, you know, shuts down, you know, If if they play him on the right side, at some point you're going to have to say, you know what, we've got to get the five best players on the field, and Eichenberg is one of the five, and so is Kindley, and Jesse Davis isn't, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd be concerned about it. It doesn't feel like, if that's the situation, it doesn't feel like we've done anything to solidify the line. We just keep wasting picks, you know? All of a sudden that line is Austin Jackson, a rookie, a guy that hasn't snapped because he got the yips. a converted right tackle and essentially a backup guard, really. And yet, you look at the, the investment, you know, in terms of, yeah, you know, Michael Dieter, third rounder, Liam Eikenberg traded up in the second round, Robert Hunt, 40th 39th overall pick, Austin Jackson, first rounder, Solomon
1: Kinney, fourth rounder. It's like, and Liam Eikenberg, that was a conviction draft yeah. because, uh, like, uh, when you take a guy like Liam Eikenberg and you essentially traded away a third round pick just for the right to move up. To take Liam Eikenberg, you're convinced he's going to be a starter.
0: Yeah, if Jesse Davis is the answer at right tackle, I don't know what the question is. But I have a lot of worries about the offensive line.
1: Yeah, then what what did they do all offseason? Yeah. (laughs) If they're going to end up with Jesse Davis at right tackle again, then what did they do all offseason? One thing they did do all this offseason is they signed DJ Fluker and he looks in absolutely great shape. The only thing is that I look at DJ Fluker and I I have no doubts he could be a really, really good right guard, Pro Bowl level problem is we already have one in Robert Hunt and at right tackle he was just okay last year so he's the swing tackle right or does he do you think he threatens at all this starting lineup
0: I think if they're convicted on um, or convinced about Eichenberg, a left guard I think um Fluker is definitely in the mix of right tackle he's got to be mm-hmm. he's got to be um
1: you know I mean good. he was good last year for Baltimore at right tackle but you know it's one of those things like you know, do you really expect it to continue? Mm. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I don't... I
1: would I just, show a lot of faith in him if he was going to be our right guard, but right tackle is not something that I would hang my hat on uh, with DJ Fooker.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me, look, it wouldn't surprise me if we uh, traded for a lineman or, you know, maybe just swapped a lineman for a receiver or something like that. Because, you know, something's got to give at that point because, you know, like I said, I'm not sold on Jesse Davis. And, and it's not like a bad
1: group. It's not a bad group. If you look at the group, it's you know it's pretty versatile, pretty deep. The only place where they are exhibiting a lot of faith, in my opinion, is at center. Unless they know something about Michael Dieter that we don't.
0: But let's be realistic, okay? Where where does that faith come from? Austin Jackson was okay. He was okay. You're hoping he makes a step up, but he was okay. Um,
1: it's all projection, really. It's all projection.
0: Yeah, Meikenberg is a rookie, and that could go anyway. There's huge question marks at center. Huge question mark. So, yeah, we all like Matsukura, but you know, the, the bottom line is that Matsukura essentially retired from the game because he couldn't snap the ball, and his job is snapping the ball. Yeah. Um, so, that's a concern. Um, you know, he only signed a one year deal. You know, and then you're looking at guys like Cameron Tom and Tyler Gauthier, and, and look, Michael Dieter has been. I mean, I watched Michael Dieter play center against the Buccaneers a couple of years ago, and it was just like, "Christ, never put him there again." Okay. Um, you know, on the right side, look, Robert Hunt he had his moments as a rookie, but he's he's starting at a new position. And then we've already talked about Jesse Davis. So what? What?
1: And Robert I, Hunt, to be fair, was, in my opinion, bad the last two games of the season.
0: So where's the, faith? the Raiders
1: and against the Bills?
0: So where's the faith come from?
1: I guess it's all projection, really. It's all projection, it's still- and that and that they've added uh like now they have dj fluker they had ron davenport last year ron davenport julian davenport
0: so the bottom line is that a year on from having probably the worst offensive line in the league they are having one player who played in the same position this season and it's four completely different guys
1: yeah yeah it's mostly projection.
0: And it doesn't. That doesn't bode particularly well, especially when you start looking at the names. Uh, you know, to me, that's yet again we the, uh, the Dolphins are not very good at offensive line projections, pickups, draft picks, free agent signings. Uh, to me, that's the significantly the weakest area of the team.
1: Yeah, and, and if you look at it across the board, yeah, you have to agree. Can you go uh, deep? Max- in the,
0: can you go deep in the playoffs? Can you you know can you hold off Tampa Bay in a Super Bowl? with that offensive line? Can you hold off Green Bay with the Darius Smith and, you know, Preston Smith and those guys deep in a, in a super, can you, you know, can you hold off Frank Clark and Chris Jones? And, you know, I, I would be pretty concerned if, if we were deep in the playoffs and you're, that's, you know, that's what we're looking at.
1: Yeah, and and it comes with you know Austin Jackson was a, a first round pick, so everybody just you know has it fresh in their head that Larry Mctunsil was a first round pick and he was really really good and nobody got on him, and they kind of expect that kind of jump from Austin Jackson. He was not that type of prospect. You know, Larry Mctunsil was a different type of prospect that left tackle. Austin Jackson was considered a project. Now, did he exceed expectations to start the year last year? I agree. I think he did. Mm. But he's going to have to take another step forward. uh, To finish up here on the offensive line, Matt Scurro starts the season at center? Yeah, I mean, right. Or do you think that that's a position that they could be um, on the hunt for? It's got to be Scurro. It's got to be Scurro. Unless unless he can't snap. He says he's over it. Uh, I've watched a lot of his tape. His placement of the ball last season was bad for the most part. And then it just went haywire against the Patriots – Toward the end of the year. And, you know, it was pretty bad. He got the yips. He could not snap the football to the point where a guy that was projected to get a $40 million four year deal got demoted from center, moved to guard. And then they decided, you know what? We got better guards than you. And you're going right to the bench. So if
0: he bounces back to 2019 form, then he could be a really good player. But
1: yeah, if he's 2019, then they upgraded over Ted Karras. It's as simple as that. You know, and, you know, we're not talking about a massive Pro Bowl jump, but an upgrade over Ted Karras is pretty decent. That's pretty good. All right. The wide receivers. And it seems like Albert Wilson, you gave him a lot of credit on a podcast a week ago. And Chris and I kind of, you know, poo pooed his chances at making the team, but it seems like like he really has a shot. And he's probably wide receiver four. Would you agree with that?
0: I think Albert Wilson makes the team and I don't even think it's close. He is perfect for what the Dolphins are looking for. He is perfect for what Tour is looking for. And if he's back to full health, I think um, he's a comfortable, comfortable number four at worst. I, I, I think I think people are gonna be surprised by who does and who doesn't make this team at the wide receiver position. Um you know, and I said it last week that I think there are some players that that won't make the team. Um, you know, the biggest question, Mark, how comfortable do you feel as the Miami Dolphins in trading away Devontae Parker when you are relying on a guy in Will Fuller who's never had a full season? I mm. think if Will Fuller was a guy who played 16 games every season, I don't think there'd be a problem with trading away uh, Parker. But I think you come into the season, you know, Parker, Waddle. Um, Fuller Bowden Wilson Perry you know and that doesn't even talk about Alan Hearns who Preston Williams clearly like yeah Matt Collins you know who's probably, probably Robert Foster yeah know you talk about Robert Foster go back a couple of seasons to Buffalo you know, and this is a kid that that played at Alabama you know he knows Tua. Um, yeah he and had a actually.
1: good rookie year in Buffalo so yeah
0: exactly had a really good rookie year in Buffalo Um yeah, he had what, twenty-seven catches, five hundred and forty-one yards, three touchdowns, twenty yards a catch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so um, where did it go wrong? Who knows? Now, look at Lim Bowden. You know, Liam Bowden is one of the most was one of the most versatile players in all of college football. Um, you know, he he was a friend of Tua's down the stretch. I thought he played really well at times. He he knows how to get open. You know, there's so much you can do with him. Um, you know, he can get him out of the backfield. You can he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He can return. He's got good hands. He can block. You know, I just um, I would be surprised if Preston Williams makes this team, um, but we'll see. Yeah, there's there's some there's some talent there. You know, we've only talked about Joaquin Grant. You know, he's a he's an all pro. Yeah, know, and uh, we you know we laugh about his hands and stuff. But you know, yeah, I, I just think you can't keep a guy around just because he can. You know, the return game is becoming such a a minimal factor now in modern football that it feels like you're taking up a roster spot for somebody who you know. Let's be realistic. Was it does the average one touchdown a season in returns at some point? Yeah. You know, you have to feel like and they look. They just drafted Jalen Waddle. You know.
1: Yeah. Much and, more yeah. So player. if you're gonna bring up that Jakeem Grant is really good at those jet sweeps, uh, they kind of have the guy to do those.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I and they just yeah, he's faster, and they just he's got better hands, and they just spent the sixth overall pick on him. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Lynn Bowden, you consider Lynn Bowden, he has to be a lock, right?
0: To me, to me, he, I, I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I loved him at, um, at Kentucky. Yeah, he's big. He's like six foot. He's 205 pounds. He's built. He's got muscle. He's quick. He, he's versatile. You know, he does everything that you want to do. Um, so yeah, I just don't understand why the Raiders. The, yeah, the Raiders. I thought the Raiders made a real mistake.
1: Yeah, they tried um, to play him at running back.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Malcolm and the Perry Dolphins, and Malcolm
1: the Dolphins, Yeah, and the Dolphins did something interesting with Lynn Bowden. They even played him as their Wildcat quarterback last year. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something he can do with Jalen Waddle. Absolutely. You know, so, so uh, people were asking if if Bowden can play with Waddle together. Like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Malcolm Perry's spot on the team. Uh I was certain last year that he was going to be an impact player because. Uh, he kind of looked to me like uh, what's the name of the the little fellow that used to play for the Jets and then started playing for for the Patriots and then went on to the Chargers. The little guy, running back. Um, what was his name? No idea. Little white guy.
0: I mean, Danny Woodhead. Be any- oh, Danny Woodhead. That could be anybody that's played for New England.
1: <laughs> yes. I thought Malcolm Perry was gonna be our version of Danny Woodhead and lo and behold, season starts. He plays wide receiver, and then if he doesn't play wide receiver, he's inactive. Yeah. Do you think that maybe he maybe this is the year he takes on some of that role? Because uh, man, as a wide receiver, how the hell does he make this team?
0: He's in a battle for sure, but again, he has versatility. But he, he's very much look, you look at you know, Bowden, Foster, Fuller, um, Merritt, Perry, Waddle, Wilson, they're all in the same kind of size, weight category. Do you know what I mean? Mm. it's clear they have a type. Yeah, there's a couple of big guys, Parker, Williams. But you know, that's what they that's what they like. So Perry's versatility, even Alan Hearns is I and mean, he's a bit taller, but he's 195. Um, you know, so it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. And and it goes back to what I said about the running back position. It, it, it's who can do what. Like the, the Dolphins, Like I always find it really interesting in terms of NFL games. And the Patriots did it so well back when they were winning so much. But Yes, they had Tom Brady. Yes, they had a great defense, great coach, etc. But what they did was not just tailor themselves for a 16-game season. They literally treated each individual game mm. as, a, as a Super Bowl matchup, in a way, in that they specifically played or sat players that they didn't think would suit the team that they were playing against. Do you know what I mean? In terms yeah. of defensively and offensively. You know, that's where you'd see like, it's like, wait, he had 10 catches for 160 yards last week and now he's a, a healthy scratch. I don't understand it. Well, it's just because he's five foot seven and 180 pounds and they're playing a six foot four corner with ridiculously long arms who's really physical. Do you know what I mean? It's like kind of that sort of thing, you know. Oh, that, that we talked about it. That guy, that the, the Sunday night football running back who had like two hundred and seven yards or something, and then he was he was a healthy scratch the following week. He's like, whoa, he just ran for two hundred plus. Jonas yards. Jonas Gray, That's, right? Jonas Gray. <laughs> you know what's what's that all about? Then he's a healthy scratch. It's just like, well, his game doesn't suit the game that they're. And I, I often feel like teams overlook the um, the individuality of each opponent. You know, it's, ma- it's a match-up league. It's match-up football. And I kind of feel like we don't quite match up as well as we should do or that teams don't overall match up as well as they should do. And I think the teams that do the best job of that are often the teams that get into the playoffs. And Miami have put themselves in a position where they have a number of match-up players. Uh, and that's exciting.
1: Yeah. Now, as far as, all the, uh, as, far as this wide receiver group, Like, I would be absolutely shocked if they traded Devontae Parker because Devontae Parker gives them what you're looking for in the NFL in a salary cap league, which is a guy that outperforms or performs right up to his contract, you know? So, like, you don't want to trade guys like that, especially when they're under contract for two more years at a pretty easy to digest number, you know? But, Preston Williams is—is is he who we have to watch because he's the one that's most in danger? Because he's the one that, like, doesn't have the best fit really on this team, or is there somebody else?
0: I mean, I think he's on the watch. outside looking in. He's played ten games in two seasons. Mm. You know, he tore his ACL and then he tore his—he he had the foot injury. So, I mean, I don't know. You, you, you know, he runs a four-six. He's not fast. He can be a bit cumbersome in and out of his breaks. Um, I mean, I don't know. People just think, look
1: at just they just look at him as you know leading the the team two years in a row. When he went out, and they think, okay, if you extrapolate his numbers, then this guy could replace Devonte Parker. But
0: you know, I mean, he's got to show it, though. Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah. And his one game with Tua, you know, he was great. Well, his two games, but the one game against the, the Cardinals, he was great, you know. So Tua showed some rapport with him.
0: Mm, I mean, to me, I mean, maybe he makes a team, but to me,
1: it looks rough. Uh, when you look at it on paper, like even Lynn Bowden, like Lynn Bowden, he's good enough that he's going to make the team. But man, they're going to have to be creative to try to get him and Waddle together on the field. Because remember, once they get both of them on the field, it might be at the expense of a Will Fuller. You know,
0: yeah. I mean, so what is? I mean, what's the line from Bill Parcells? The best ability is availability, and if he's not available, yeah. then you know, it's absolutely.
1: Um, but it's going to be an interesting group. Uh, no surprises, right? Like there can't be any surprises. It's kind of a top-heavy group. There is a really good, like five-six guys that you can count on.
0: I think the, the the biggest question is whether they keep five or six. And I think they'll end up keeping six because there's too much talent there. So,
1: hmm.
0: and then how? Who can they squeak onto the practice squad? For example, you know you can't get Robert Foster onto the practice squad. I don't think. Um, maybe you can,
1: maybe because uh, of the change Robert of Foster, rules. It's, it's He'll darkness, be a fourth year. Maybe.
0: No, so 2018 was his first year. 2018, 2019, 2020. This will be his fourth season. So, I don't think you can unless they, the rule change of practice squad players. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm Perry can get on the practice squad, but you know Malcolm Perry's the sort of person that Bill Belichick would pluck straight away off your practice squad, is not he?
1: You yeah, Kyle
0: <laughs> L- Loxley and Merrick can get on the practice squad. Grant can't. You know you can't put Lim Bowden on the practice squad because he just gets stolen. So yeah,
1: yeah. And as far as Matt Collins, like he's he's in a battle with with one of the defensive backs as far as trying to stick. On for special teams because as a wide receiver, although he's a great blocker and his his film shows that, you know, yeah. like you're mean, really going to keep a seventh wide receiver because he blocks good. I said
0: there's a five percent chance that Matt Collins makes the team.
1: Yeah, it's rough. It's rough, you know. And Jaquim Grant, I hate to say it, but yeah, it's all you got to do is look at the paper. Like yeah. you look at it on paper. If Jalen Waddle, if Jalen Waddle runs out there day one in camp to return punts. Jaquem Grant's officially in trouble. But there's, you know,
0: Malcolm Perry... And, 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 and points, Javon let me Holland say this.
1: Will somebody give us a pick for Jakeem Grant? I think they will. Like, That's if probably. there's a team that feels that they're close to a Super Bowl and they think a punt return, touchdown, or better field position on kickoffs could make a difference.
0: If, you're, if you get anything more than a seventh rounder for Grant, I'd be
1: staggered. Hmm. Although Green Bay did... Green Bay last year had notoriously one of the worst return games in the history of the sport.
0: But it's just become such a non-factor in the game. That's true,
1: too. That's true, too. Yeah, because, you know, uh, most teams are using angular punts, and when they kick off, they just kick off through the end zone anyway. Exactly. So they could completely erase your guy, even if you could have the most dangerous guy back there, but if they know it, all they'll do is just kick right through the end zone, just like they did against Miami last year. Like, that was a mistake. The, the, the Ja'Keen Grant return touchdown against the Rams. That was a mistake by the Rams. It was a bad yeah. punt. So, all right. That's it. Next week, I guess we'll get into the defense. And then, of course, we will have camp, finally. And I'll be there every single day and be reporting from it. So, that's it for this week. We will talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
1: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.